This is All Things Therapy, where we are changing consciousness, one conversation at a time. And I'm Lisa Tahir, your host. Hello there. Welcome to All Things Therapy. I'm Lisa, your host. And I greet you if you're watching here live on video or if you're just streaming the audio, I appreciate you sharing your time with me. And I have an important and interesting episode today. I'm going to be talking to you about alcohol. Yet discussing alcohol in possibly a unique way that you may not have heard it discussed. So... I want you to hang with me for a few moments as I just tell you a little bit more about who I am and what I offer you and a wonderful skincare product that I'm offering you at a discount and love. So I'm a licensed therapist. You probably know that if you've been watching or listening for any time at all, I am really passionate about being a therapist. I love helping people figure themselves out. I'd love to help you figure more of yourself out. If you're at that place in your life wanting some more clarity, reach out to me. I do all virtual sessions. My website is nolatherapy.com. It's on the banner below me if you're watching, and that stands for New Orleans Los Angeles Therapy.com. N O L A T H E R A P Y. And one of the reasons, some of the reasons you might want to work with me is that I really love listening and starting with where you are and what's most important, what got you to send the email, the text, book the session, make the call to reach out. I really want you to leave after one session feeling some relief. And we're going to do that by getting to the root cause of what is going on for you and some tools that you can take away from the first session to begin self-soothing, most importantly. And that really loops into the episode topic today of alcohol and its uses. Self-soothing is one of the number one reasons why people consume alcohol. And we're going to get more into the nitty gritty of that, the positives and the negatives, and looking at alcohol as a relationship, which might be a different way than what you've heard or considered it to be before. So nolatherapy.com, my website, reach out. And I want to share with you what I've been using on my skin. If you're watching, I don't have any makeup on and my skin is more clear. It's more even toned and soft, truly soft than it's ever been before. And that is due to Blissoma Botanicals. Thank you, Blissoma. I'm holding up one of their bottles. And this is a totally natural skincare line. And what I mean by natural is that every ingredient comes from blossoms like flowers, tea leaves, natural essential oils, bark, roots, and these 
blossoms, berries, barks, and roots are chosen for specific skin needs that Blossoma Botanicals are expert at identifying and combining together. Their products each contain 75% or more active ingredients. That didn't mean much of anything to me until I learned that most products available to you in stores contain just 1% to 5% active ingredients compared to Blossoma Botanicals containing 75% active ingredients. And that's really been apparent to me using their products now for a couple of months. I've also bought their makeup. All of their products are vegan, cruelty-free, and gluten-free. And as my listener, as a friend of all things therapy, you can choose from one of four ecosystems for your skin. This breaks down to the ecosystems being soothed if you need to soothe your skin, renew if you need to renew it, rescue if you need to rescue your skin, and sustain if you like where you are with how your skin is. And y'all, you get 35% off each of these trial skincare sets. Each set, Renew, Soothe, Rescue, and Sustain, contain five products each. So you're getting five products and a trial size that's TSA compliant. You can bring them in your carry-on. You get 30% off. So in cost, this means five products is either going to be $39 or $49. It's a great value to try them out. And I am sold. I continue to order their products and simply go to the link in the show notes and use the code ALLTHERAPY, A-L-L-T-H-E-R-A-P-Y.com. Thank you, Blasoma Botanicals. I love you. And I'm so happy to offer you to listeners and viewers. Okay, let's talk about alcohol. This topic came to mind for me because we're entering the holiday season with Halloween being this weekend. Lots of celebrations are beginning as we move into Thanksgiving, Christmas, Hanukkah, all the other traditions that have already begun to be celebrated right now. And often alcohol is a part of those celebrations. And It doesn't take much. You don't need to be a therapist to know how much marketing is done around the holiday season and drinking and celebrating and the effects of that. People typically attend self-care practices like the gym, yoga, and meditation less, hence the spike in gym memberships January 1st. And I'm sure many of you, like I became years ago, just tired of that cycle. We actually are new every day. We can start new every day. So I want to share with you some thoughts around alcohol to get your mind going, to reconceptualize the relationship you have to alcohol. And some of you listening and watching might think, well, I don't have a relationship to alcohol. I don't drink. And it's interesting because choosing to abstain from alcohol or being made to abstain through alcohol because maybe you had DUIs, legal related issues, for whatever reason, you're in a place where you can't, in air quotes, drink. Someone is either sanctioning you to not drink or you feel like, you know, when I drink, my life gets bad quickly. So I'm not going to, but it's it's hard. It's challenging. And 
that's why I think looking at alcohol as a relationship can be helpful because in a relationship, there's mutual needs being attended to. And when you think about alcohol being used so often for stress management, stress reduction, to blow off steam, to feel more relaxed, less anxious, it often mimics, alcohol often mimics a relationship from earlier in your life. And follow me here for a moment, especially for those of you listening or watching that have had issues with alcohol, where alcohol at first, you feel really good. That anxiety edge is diminished and you're able to be more social. You're able to speak to people at a gathering, feeling like you're being more of yourself. You're like, oh, I can just be myself. And at some point, though, we tend to cross over to where we're being ourselves, but there might be something said that you didn't mean to say in that way. You might reveal too much because inhibitions are down and you might go too far. You might say something, do something, act in a way that then you feel shame and regret about the next day. And tune into, listen to yourself and notice how might that pattern replicate a relationship earlier in your life? Did you have a parent? Did you have a mom, a dad, a relative, a teacher that made you feel you know, really lit up, really happy when they shined their attention, their affection upon you. And yet when they left, when they turned their attention, you felt unseen, you felt depressed, you felt dejected. You might've even felt shame for like liking that attention so much from another person. And this is especially relevant where alcohol has been an issue or a problem in your life. The highs of alcohol that feel so good. And then conversely, the lows that feel so bad. You say too much, you fall down, you make a fool of yourself at say the holiday office party or at another gathering and that shame cycle that it's like, okay, oh my gosh, I'm going to, then you start to typically manage alcohol. I'm going to have, you know, three drinks or five drinks instead of 10. And that really pulls us away from ourself. That gets us in dialogue with managing symptoms instead of going to the root cause. What's going on here for you? What makes you afraid to be yourself? What's causing the anxiety in social settings? And even to remind yourself, most people, most of us have some anxiety going into social settings that's actually really normal. And anxiety on one side of the coin is anxiety, the the feelings that are uncomfortable, that you might feel like you're not sure what to say and standing out in an undesirable way. That's one side of the coin of anxiety. The other side of the coin is anxiety is really excitement. You're feeling excitement, like your hands might feel a little clammy or cold or sweaty, and you might feel that pit in your stomach like butterflies. Those are actually feelings of excitement. So what you're perceiving as distress, D-I-S-T-R-E-S-S, is actually eustress, E-U-S. T-R-E-S-S. Eustress is when we're excited about something positive in our lives, but it releases the same neurochemicals in our brains that distress does. Endorphins, 
adrenaline. And so it can just be helpful to have this information to remind yourself, you know what, it's normal to feel anxious going to especially an office Christmas party, a large gathering, a wedding, um, a party, because you're going to encounter people in a different way than you normally do, especially in the work setting. Usually at work, we're relating about ideas and topics that are kind of given. It's not just like a free-for-all of, hey, how are you? And having to make small talk, which is challenging for a lot of people. And so first of all, to remind yourself, it's normal to feel anxious. And then secondly, what to do about it. Some tips and some techniques that you can use going into a setting where you have some anxiety instead of just turning to alcohol immediately to kind of suppress and diminish those feelings. It's like we feel like we need to rid ourselves of those feelings, which isn't the most healthy compared to, you know, going into a setting, you can always ask people about themselves. Most people really enjoy talking about themselves and think about it. You know, it's, it's not often that somebody asks and really wants to know about you. So if you make it an intention, I'm going to go in and actually ask my coworkers, my colleagues, my friends, how are things, how are things going for you? And really listen without jumping to answer, how am I going to respond when they ask, how am I? Because that really takes us out of the moment. That actually causes more anxiety than just really listening. Like, how are things going with your family? How are things going in your relationship? How's it going on the dating scene? Or, you know, when's the last time you took a trip that you enjoyed? Or where are you looking forward to going? Just things like that. Think of things you'd like to be asked even, and ask someone else that. And to use alcohol less as a crutch and with more consciousness, with more intention, that you still may choose to drink, yet to see it as a relationship. I don't need this relationship to soothe me, to numb me, to take my problem-solving mind and brain out of commission by overindulging. Sure, I can have a drink in my hand if that helps me. What if I even choose to get, say, a club soda with lime that might look like a cocktail, but I'm not drinking, to even play with that boundary? And that's something I've been doing a lot in the last year. I recently chose to not drink alcohol for five weeks to prepare for the book signing event and meditation that I had at Mystic Journey Bookstore here in Los Angeles a couple of weeks ago. I really wanted to be a clear channel. And so I chose, I'm just not going to drink at all for five weeks. And I was curious to see how that would be for me. Would that be challenging, especially when I go out with friends that I usually might share wine with at dinner? And because I had made it an intention, it was actually really easy. I enjoyed how clear I felt. I enjoyed how much my intuition started speaking to me about things in my life and others' lives. I really enjoyed the clarity and the energy that I had. And it was actually really fun to pick friends up and be their designated driver and still be social, yet have... I really like non-alcohol beer. I feel like there's so many now that are good. And I see such a move towards non-alcohol options, which we've needed for a long time. 
a lot of young people, the millennials are credited to really making larger and larger the marketing of non-alcoholic beverages and mixers and mocktails. And I think it's awesome because now a lot of restaurants will have non-alcohol options. And I look forward to when the bars do as well, when there's more than just say one non-alcohol beer option, where there's several, when there where there are mocktails, because it can just make it easier to have a go-to drink. So come up with your go-to non-alcohol drink, your go-to non-alcohol drink. And I encourage you to play with this not drinking thing if you're someone that hasn't done that before, because it's going to bring up within you things you might not have noticed. And especially noticed when the anxiety starts to shift to peace and calm, because your central nervous system without alcohol starts to come to its most optimal baselines. And that can be interesting to see what that is for you, how your body changes. If you start to crave, for instance, more sugar, at first when you choose to stop drinking, excuse me, I noticed that I wanted something sweet at night. And that has to do with the way alcohol converts to sugar in your body. And so I was aware of that. So I could just kind of be like, okay, you know, you feel like you want something sweet. What can that be for you? And I really loved combining, say, the calorie-free club sodas uh, with, with lemon, with lime, and drink that. I really enjoyed the non-alcohol beers. Like I said, I found them very satiating, very like delicious. My favorite has been Bitburger as well as Athletic Brewery. They both make really good beers that are non-alcohol. And obviously you have to be a beer drinker to, to like non-alcohol beer. I do. So that was a real win for me. But play with what works. And you have to have a why. So for me, my why was I want to be clear for my Mystic Journey book event. So that drove the bus of my life through doing this. So it became easy because like I had a big enough why. Last year, before my 50th birthday, I chose not to drink for about three months. And it's because I really wanted to get clear. I really wanted to do an inventory of my life, of where I've been, where I was, and what I want to manifest and create in my life. And I thought it best to do that without any drinking at all. And just to see what that did for me. And it was just a time of such clarity. And again, I still socialized, did everything I normally would. So ideally, you're going to want to keep your life filled with the things of meaning and value to you. And notice the times when that's anxiety producing. Like for me, I remember last year going to an outdoor music festival in New Orleans where I would have always been drinking and I felt some anxiety. Is this going to be fun without alcohol? And I actually had so much fun. The people watching was even better because I was so clear to just enjoy and really be in the moment. I, again, was the designated driver for a group of friends, which felt really good to do that, to be that. And it's kind of like looking at life through a new lens when you're used to having alcohol as a component of your life. To choose to not do that for a bit can just add more depth to your life and to yourself. And also, you know, we know the health benefits, I think, of not drinking alcohol. The body tends to let go of extra water 
that it might be holding. And so all that, of course, is part of it. But my reasons were more psychological, more spiritual, more curiosity-based. And for those of you where alcohol is an addiction, where alcohol is something that's challenging, I want to speak to you as well, because I've been speaking to people where it's like, this could be an experiment. But for some of you, you know, this is really like an everyday practice. This is your self-care alcohol at a certain time. It's like, oh, I can pour my first drink. And I have a lot of empathy and sensitivity for you because it can be hard to think about giving that up even for a day or a few days, much less five weeks or several months. So let's look at this as the relationship that it's become for you. And if you talk to alcohol, you know, alcohol, what you're a relationship I have, what do you give me that I'm feeling like I need from you? And something might come up within you, like, you know what, you're a friend. You've been a friend to me. You're something I can count on. You're always there. Alcohol is always readily available at just about any corner store everywhere in the world. So alcohol is a reliable and easily accessible friend. And when you start thinking of your relationship to alcohol as that, as a relationship, as something always there for you, you can start to get to the deeper levels of meaning of why you turn to that, why it's become a habit. To look back on even the first time you had an experience with alcohol, as young as you might have been, and what that experience was like. Usually it might not have been that good tasting. I remember the first time having alcohol as a really young person, it didn't taste good and I threw up. And I think that's the case for a lot of us, but that feeling. So it's less about the taste and more about what feeling do you remember? The first time you remember that detachment from yourself, the first time you remember feeling maybe lifted out of a problematic situation or problematic emotions and you felt that floating feeling and like, oh, like I'm at peace or I'm calm because that's what you're really reaching for today as you drink. You're trying to find that feeling of everything's okay. I can let things go for a while. And there are other ways to do that because as you probably know that once the alcohol wears off, and you're in your next day, everything is still there that you have wanted to release yourself from or numb yourself from or forget about for a while. So that's why it's not healthy to use alcohol to cope because it's not coping. It's just taking like a checkout, like a hall pass. And I want to help you find some more effective ways as you're reframing your relationship relationship to and with alcohol. Harm reduction could be something really excellent for you where you might not be in the place to abstain and go to, say, a recovery program, a 12-step program, which works for some people but not for others. Harm reduction can be a really wonderful guide to where I'm going to look at minimizing harm to myself through my use of alcohol. And what does that look like? Say if I'm used to having five drinks a night, what would it take for me to have three drinks 
tonight instead of five? What would I need to do to make that happen for myself? Who might I rope in to help me as an accountability partner? And this can be tricky at first because, again, you're managing symptoms. But if that's where you are, there needs to be a way to help you get to where you want to be, which is more healthiness in your life with yourself and with alcohol. So think about who might help you to reduce harm to yourself by using alcohol. And sometime you might use a recovery style. Harm reduction programs are wonderful because it's centered around reducing harm versus abstinence to help you walk the path where you're contemplating and implementing some changes in the way you use alcohol to be healthier. And once that starts to feel good, it's self-fulfilling, you're going to want to do more of that which feels good. So it's often a bridge for a lot of people to become healthier and maybe one day decide to abstain from alcohol. Maybe not. Maybe because you drink less, you're able to wake up earlier and say, get to an exercise class, go to yoga, go take a walk. You're able to add, you're able to have more time in your day that you feel good so that you can enhance your life in positive ways versus recovering from a hangover, which can just feel awful. And there's not much you can do about it besides let it pass and think about the time that robs from you. And even if your intention is like, I want more of my time back from being hungover, that's a good enough reason to start practicing harm reduction and seeing what shows up for you, seeing what you want to fill your time with, to schedule things the next day that you want to get up and do that'll help you shut down drinking tonight sooner. That's a really big one. Like, I love doing a night yoga class. So say if you schedule, if you plan to go to an 8 or 9 p.m. yoga class and you're home at 10 p.m., chances are you might not drink. Or if you do, you might have one drink versus five because you're going to want to get in bed because you're so relaxed from yoga. So start getting creative with how to change your relationship to alcohol by scheduling things at night after work that don't involve alcohol to get you extending that time before your first drink happens or would have happened and even up to eliminating it by going to a nighttime yen yoga class that you're just so relaxed, you don't need to relax from having a drink. And I think this is going to be really helpful moving into the holidays where alcohol is is overly present and available and almost expected. And, you know, tell yourself, I don't have to follow these guidelines given by others. I can choose how I want to relate to alcohol during this holiday season of 2022 and including going through the new year. Because if you start now where there's not as many parties, events that could be triggering, it's going to be easier when you're at the bigger parties around Christmas and New Year's. So start now. That's why I wanted to do the episode here at the end of October to really give you some options to think about and create those intentions in your life and find people to help you. I am certain there's more than just you who might want to do something differently with alcohol this holiday season and start to ask around. Ask 
your intuition to show you, lead you to people who might want to do this with you and see how good you feel and how awesome it is to wake up feeling better. You know, and I actually have a wonderful drink to help you with this that I have been using now for several months and I'm doing a 60-day project experiment with myself to drink Magic Mind every day for 60 days and see how it helps me feel better and feel like I want alcohol less and less because I am already relaxed. Anxiety has already melted away. So I'm not thinking of alcohol as any kind of help with stress because I'm not feeling stress. Magic Mind is a wonderful drink. It's a two ounce shot, contains so many beautiful ingredients like matcha, vitamin C, echinacea, ashwanga, lion's mane mushrooms, cordyceps mushrooms, and all of these ingredients help with things like muscle inflammation and soreness, as well as, I'll just be specific, one that I love is the matcha. We know matcha green tea. Magic Mind has ceremonial grade matcha in it, and one of the chemicals, L-theanine, in matcha actually extends the effectiveness of caffeine. So I'll drink Magic Mine in some coconut milk, some oat milk, or cashew milk over ice as a latte. As I sip my black coffee in the morning, I only have one cup of coffee now in the morning instead of three. And I feel alert longer because that L-theanine helps caffeine stay in your system longer at a low level to where you're alert and productive without that jitteriness. You know, that caffeine jitteriness, it feels like anxiety because it, it produces chemicals in your brain of anxiety. The endorphins that are released, adrenaline especially, is what's released when we're anxious. Too much caffeine releases adrenaline as well. And Magic Mind helps balance that so you're alert and awake. And I'm so much more productive as well as like super low to zero anxiety. And I did something new with Magic Mind last night that I encourage you to try. I got home from yoga and I mixed a bottle of Magic Mind with some almond milk as usual but I heated it up in the microwave and I drank it as like a hot latte before bed. It was so delicious. There's a touch of honey to these yummy, like green elements. It's a green colored shot and it's just so delicious. It's smooth. It's rich and deep in flavor and just that warmth in my throat before bed. It literally like sent me off to sleep. So you can have matcha as a nighttime, end of your day drink. You can mix it with club soda or topa chica to have more of a sparkly effervescent use, or you can just take the shot in the morning. I love Magic Mind. And y'all, for the first time, you get 40% off a subscription with my discount code. So check it out. Go to magicmind.co forward slash Lisa T and use code LISAT20 for 40% off a monthly subscription or 20% off a one-time purchase. And I'll spell it M-A-G-I-C-M-I-N-D dot C-O forward slash L-I-S-A-T. My name, Lisa T. Discount code Lisa T 20 40% off a monthly subscription. This is good for the next 10 days or 20% off a one-time purchase 
anytime. It's in the show notes. And I really encourage you to join me on this 60-day Magic Mind journey to see. I'm excited to see how much more peaceful I can be as a result of using Magic Mind. And um, it can really help, especially shifting your relationship to alcohol, shifting your relationship to food during this holiday season, which will be possibly another episode, though I think it's kind of overdone. How many times have we heard about how to eat, you know, eat before you go to a party so you're not so hungry, blah, blah, blah. I'm a little bored with that, so I'm probably not going to do that episode, but I will continue around things like alcohol use because it's something that causes a lot of you anxiety. I know this as a therapist. I have so many clients coming to me like, Lisa, I don't want to blow it again like I did last year at my office party, making a fool out of myself. And it doesn't feel good. The shame, the shame then that you feel about yourself generates thought patterns that cause you to to create things you don't want and desire in your life. When we don't feel good enough, when we don't feel like we're worthy, like we're valuable, we miss out on creating the life that we really want. And we end up settling for less because we feel undeserving and unworthy. So there's so many deeper principles underlying why looking at changing your relationship to alcohol could help you to see, are there any limiting beliefs I have? Has my drinking kept me from believing I actually deserve the things that I want? Have I somehow come into my adulthood from childhood with beliefs centered around my unworthiness, my beliefs centered around I'm not good enough, around I don't deserve this or I can't create this. I don't know how to create this, so I might as well not even try. And I I know that it's like feeling like we need to know the how messes us up versus really getting clear with what you want to create, why that's going to feel so good, why having this desired intention will feel so good to you, and really relishing in those emotions and those feelings, taking some quiet time each day. I use meditation to just sit and ask to receive the answer. Prayer is when we ask. Meditation is when we receive the clarity. And even just getting to a place of neutrality just feeling some peace for a few moments each day is enough to allow in the how, the path to its accomplishment. Try this. I'm big on doing 30-day experiments with myself. I encourage you to do the same. If you haven't meditated before, take 30 days to try. I started on YouTube with guided meditations. Try that. Start with a four or five-minute guided meditation. And see how that goes for you over 30 days. See what that creates in your life. Because, you know, they say we're using just a a fraction, a portion of our mind. Think about tapping into more of your mind. It's so exciting to think about what's possible for me. How good can it get for me? How good can things get? And I encourage you, I want to leave you with that thought. To think about how good can it get for me? question mark, exclamation point, because I want to see that for you as I want to see that for myself. So let's set an intention for this holiday season. Let's take a moment right now to become aware of what you want your intention to be. And you can either set that right now 
in your mind, text it to your phone as a note, as a reminder, or jot it down somewhere. And if you don't know right now, think about it and write it down when it comes to you. My intention for this holiday season is, and it might be something as wide and broad as to experience true happiness, to experience more happiness, to feel like I can be myself and drink less, to feel like I can be myself and not drink at all, to really attract people that want to be with me, that are interested in sharing their time and their space with me. It can be anything abstract or specific. Just make sure it feels good emotionally. That's how you know you're there. When something feels like, oh, that's it. Like, I can't wait for that to happen. That's your intention. And it might take a little feeling around over the next few days. So do that. With that, I just want to wish you all of my love and encouragement. Reach out for sessions. Lisa at nolatherapy.com. If you have other topics you want me to cover during this holiday season. And thank you for taking your time today. And be sure to subscribe and leave a written review for All Things Therapy. It helps so much. And I love getting the reviews. I get sent them through email. So please keep rating and reviewing. I really appreciate you for that. And have a great Thursday or whatever day it is for you. Bye. And that's a wrap. Thank you. Be sure to subscribe, rate, and review All Things Therapy on the platform you're listening from. And let's connect on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube at NOLA Therapy, the abbreviation for New Orleans, Los Angeles Therapy, reflecting my two favorite cities. And let's keep changing consciousness one conversation 